Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah searching for something extreme check out skating snowboarding and more on fuel tv plus the global home of action sports and find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's hit nation playlist there's new free shows and movies to love every week say free this week in your xfinity voice remote what up? It's the Crossover Pod Friday edition. I'm Howard Beck, senior writer for Sports Illustrated. Two phenomenal guests today. They are the co-hosts of the Knuckleheads podcast, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Uh, the fellas just celebrated their 100th episode as podcasters. They had Vince Carter on for the occasion. Their show is always excellent. They get incredible guests, everyone from Shaq and Dr. J to Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Derek Jeter, Sue Bird. If you are not already subscribed to the Knuckleheads podcast, I encourage you to go do so. You can find it on all the usual platforms. We had a great time reminiscing about their start in the NBA with those early 2000s Clippers, a super talented and young squad that was so much bigger culturally than competitively. Uh, it, that era was really only two years, if you count the time that Darius Miles was there before he was traded. So it was two seasons, didn't have a winning record, didn't make the playoffs, but they were young and brash and fun as hell. They had Lamar Odom and Elton Brand, Corey Maggette, and of course, uh, our guys, Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles, and they just kind of captured the imagination. There was there was a moment. There was a Clippers moment. It was fleeting, but, but it was there, and it was really fun. It was really enjoyable to go back down memory lane about all that. That is also, of course, the team that spawned the iconic two fist taps to the head celebration that you've seen Q and Darius do. Uh, or if you weren't there, go find it on YouTube. There's plenty of, uh, of footage. Um, that's, of course, how these guys came to name their show, The Knuckleheads Podcast. Where did that gesture come from? What does it mean? It was a mystery for a very long time. They will explain. We also hit on a bunch of other topics, including Dylan Brooks' flagrant foul of Gary Payton II the other night. Was the play dirty? Just reckless? Uh, both Q and Darius had a very strong opinion on the matter. Before we get to all that, a quick reminder, please rate, review, subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts, and hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. Okay, my chat with Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles is coming up next, so stick around. This is The Crossover, an NBA show hosted by Sports Illustrated's Chris Mannix and Howard Back. It's a whole new level for you and me, Chris, this relationship. Like and subscribe for the best weekly NBA content these two are capable of. What does that mean? Could be the best duo ever. I don't see how you can beat that. Here they are, Chris Mannix and Howard Back. Now very pleased to be joined by a couple of NBA legends and a couple of certified knuckleheads, a term that I would not use if they didn't call themselves that themselves. Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles, gentlemen, welcome. Uh, thank you. No, I appreciate you being here on the occasion of your 100th episode of the Knuckleheads podcast. Uh, congrats on 100. The 100th episode, of course, is a two-parter. Mm-hmm. 
with Vince Carter. I guess that means it's the 100th and 101st episode. <laughs> nice. The math is complicated. Just, you know, chopped it in half, making it a little more special. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Put a little sauce on it. <laughs> Love it. Um, I want to talk about the podcast. I want to talk about your Clipper days. I want to talk about a bunch of NBA stuff. But before we jump into all that, it is the Knuckleheads podcast for a reason. And those of us who have been covering the NBA or watching the NBA long enough know about the two-fist uh, tap to the forehead. Um, you guys did finally explain it a few years ago in the Players' Tribune in, in the piece that Darius wrote and that Quentin edited. Expert job of editing, Q. Good job. Thank you, man. I've never done that before. That was- <laughs> <laughs> um, for, for our audience, in case they missed that, because it was an iconic gesture I think it inspired a lot of stuff that came after. I kind of always thought like Carmelo should have been paying you guys royalties for his three his three fingers to the to the to the dome because that felt like an offshoot. Um, either of you want to explain for for this audience at least where the two taps to the forehead came from? Uh, it came from uh, when we got drafted. Uh, I was still kind of in high school mode and. and um, I was going to the Westchester game and I used to get Q to go to the Westchester games with me. And uh, the players on the Westchester game was like Trevor Ariza, uh, Assign Adams, you know, Bottoms and a bunch of them other guys, uh, Bobby Jackson, a lot of uh, oh, Bobby Brown. I'm sorry. I called him Bobby Jackson. My bad. Bobby Brown. And uh, we just used to go to the games and one of their celebrations uh was that that's what used to get their team hype when they they was one of the top teams, if not the top team in California at the time. And uh they just asked us like, man, in the game, can y'all represent us? Do that when y'all get a dunk or celebrate and stuff like that. So we did it in a game. And that was just that one game. And after that one game, fans just every time we came back, the next game, fans was like, nah, we need y'all to do that again. And it, and it just stuck with us. I love that. I love that it was actually Westchester. Shout out to Westchester High. I've got a couple of good friends who went to Westchester yeah, High, actually. High yeah, school. Um, it's amazing that actually, you know, like some anonymous kids invented it too. Like, I don't know if, like, if it was Trevor Reza or one of, one of his, his teammates or whatever, but like those guys should have got the, the credit, right? Like they, you know, you guys ended up doing it in, uh, I think it was a Nike commercial. Like uh, those guys should have had their, uh, their moment too somewhere along the way, but it, it, it kind of all got kind of lost in the, uh, in the haze. I mean, Once we uh like, go ahead, go ahead, Q. I think that was kind of why we made sure we went on our way to make sure that when the story was told, we let it be known that it was their deal. Because I mean, you know, them being some kids and seeing it go and get as big as it did, you know, you had kids all across the country, and like now in hindsight, us, you know, getting having the knowledge and seeing throwback videos of all type of different kids all over the country doing it. They could have absolutely been like, hey, that's our stuff. But, like, they were totally cool with everything because they knew, you know, the whole way it went down. Like, D just explained it to us. It, it, it came from something organic, us showing love to them. And um, it just grew into something that we never could even, you know, dreamed of. And to be here 20-some-odd years later and we named the podcast that, and, you know, it's based on a lot of that stuff. So, I mean, it, it's just crazy the way the whole thing came full circle. Yeah, and, you know, it didn't have a name until 20 years later. You know, when exactly. we were doing it, it was never called anything. Yeah. We were just doing it. So 20 years later, they were like, yeah, so what you call it? And, you know, it wound up being the knuckleheads, which I'm, I'm, I'm definitely cool with. So at the time, I was covering the Lakers back then, and I remember how big that got and how big your teams got for that, that couple of years, and the Clippers were really busting out with that young crew, with you guys and Corey McGetty and everybody else. And – People were theorizing all the time about what does that you know, what does that mean? What are they doing? Why are they tapping you? And I remember somebody like somebody I think maybe wrote like they they called it antennas up as if you guys were like pulling up to antennas on as if yeah, you were like Marshall yeah. or something. <laughs> I never that? heard that. No, I, I heard the antennas thing before. That, I, I, mean, I never I, heard that. <laughs> I did hear the antennas. I heard that before. All right, but you guys were so secretive about it back in the day, which actually I think added to the mystique. That's kind of what the fun was too. It was like just kind of an inside thing for you guys. Um, but it it did spot all these theories. Do you guys remember what other speculative theories people put on it? What do people think it mean? Man, people thought it meant signs from the neighborhood. They thought it meant all types of stuff. No lie. They thought it meant like some Chicago, you know, Midwest gang stuff. They thought it meant everything. They thought, they thought we were like, it meant we were saying something like it was a saying. 
Like it, it was a lot of a lot of like it was everywhere. It was all over the board. Misfires, a bunch of misfires because it, it 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 was just it was nowhere near that. <laughs> Everything everybody was trying to think about what it was and where it came from. It was nowhere near that. Yeah. <laughs> As is usually the case when we're all just like speculating and <laughs> taking stabs in the dark. I remember the first time D said it because we were standing there and they had somebody asked D, so you gonna tell us what it means? He said he looked at us and said, No, no. So I tell you that I got a key. <laughs> he said, he said, I, tell you, I got a key. We can't say nah, we'll tell you that. He said, and, it and was an interview after the game. Interview after the game. I ain't gonna say nothing, but they gonna keep asking. It was literally like it became a thing. Yeah, okay. But then, even when we left the other teams, they was asking me when I went around. You asked me what it was, and I still wouldn't tell them. Yeah. So that's what that's what you know. It was kind of a good thing because now, twenty years later, you know, a, a, a story is is finally told. You know, it, it get named, it has a title, and uh, it, it shows how much it is. You see the guys celebrating now which I, I, I feel like it's come from us because uh, it looked like we was having fun when we was out there celebrating and doing this. And, and a lot of guys went celebrating. You know, it was an older league when we got in the league. And a lot of guys went celebrating like we were. A lot of guys didn't really like some. Some of the guys didn't like us celebrating because oh, it felt yeah. like we were showing off on them. But to see the guys now, and, you know, it's, it, it looked good to see these kids out here having fun and celebrating and doing their thing. If you guys were going to bequeath the knuckleheads gesture to one team, one squad right now that maybe kind of, you know, encompasses or symbolizes a lot of what you guys were about back in the day with the Clips, like what Memphis. team would you bequeath it to? Memphis. Hi, right, Memphis. Yeah. They like, they like, they the winning version of what we were. <laughs> yeah. They, they like, definitely you know are. Like they in the playoffs, they, they, they really, really, you know, what I mean, it's 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 a like like these says a testament to where the league was and where it is now. Because we were saying like they're a group of young guys. Only difference between them and us is that the whole league is like them now. We were one of a kind at our time. We were the only team that had five, six, seven, nineteen, twenty. We were the youngest team ever. We were the yeah, youngest team at ever. That point. So it's like you know, you look at them now. They're in a league where it's still some, you know, you got some guys with some veteran in them and some older guys, but like for the most part, the league is 24, 25 and under, you know what I'm saying? Uh, across the board, it's a lot of guys under that age. So it's like they're able to, you know, kind of get in there and, and do what they're doing. And I think they like us. I think they got more years than us. They kind of stuck together and they sticking together. So, yeah, yeah I, I definitely think they like us. I think we would have got to the point of winning like that. But from the standpoint, like, like they ain't, they ain't, they ain't running from nothing. Like you know, you watched us how like we we weren't, we didn't, we didn't, we can't say we was winning every game or beating every team. But like nobody wasn't scared over here. You know what I'm saying? Like we we, <laughs> we did whatever. No, it's it's uh. First of all, I love the Grizzlies as being the team. That's kind of the team in the back of my mind I had because like yeah, they're young and brash and creative. And they just enjoy themselves out there. There's kind of an innocence and and uh, just this, you know, this boundless enthusiasm. And you're right. They don't back down from anybody, as we saw both good and bad <laughs> over the last couple of games against the Warriors. We'll get back to, to that in a second. Um, but it didn't last long for you guys. You know, the, I, it was funny, guys, as I was preparing for this and just looking at your basketball reference pages and everything. I think about your Clipper teams as like this era. There was this moment where the Clippers broke through, I think, really for the first time. And we've had many starts and stops for that franchise since your time, right? It always seems like they're on the verge of something, then it collapses. But with you guys, I remember you guys like jumping on the scores table at one point, I think, late in that, uh, maybe it was the your first season. Last game of the season. Last game of the season. Yeah. Last game of the season. And that was a 39-win season, I think, right? And that yeah. was like still yeah. a losing year, but you guys were so close to the playoffs and you'd captured the imagination of Clipper fans, of LA fans who were not Laker fans, of NBA fans. You'd become this kind of phenomenon. And so it was, it was this moment. And it it really only lasted two years if you count it from the day that Darius is drafted to the day that you're traded right. two seasons later. It's 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 amazing to me all these years later to think that that was only a two-year run. It feels weightier than that. 
It, de- it definitely do. Like a lot of people don't really know that. Like I definitely know because I was on, I got <laughs> traded and I didn't want to get traded, so I definitely remember. But uh, <laughs> like a lot of people remember that because we was all the way at the bottom when we got to that team. They won seventeen games out of eighty two. We started all the way to the bottom to just get a spark. You didn't see a Clipper jersey nowhere. The whole nineties, <laughs> some of the eighties, you didn't see nobody wearing a Clipper jersey, and now, like, when we got there, you start seeing the Clipper jersey and all the videos, people wearing the Clipper jersey on all these shows and, and all this stuff. And, you know, it, it's, it seemed like it was a lot because it started from nothing to something. But where it's grown to now is just amazing to see. The thing that's crazy, how, like you say, like, it was two years. So you got to think about, like, even for, for me, like, we indeed didn't talk about it. Being there during that time and being there for those two years, like we've gone back and been celebrated as like part of that, as the, the, the faces of that era. And while we were in that, you never could have told us sitting there that this ain't Elden Brand and Lamar Odom team. You know what yeah. I'm saying? So it's like for, for us to come back in hindsight in this 2000, what was it? Six, 17, six to eight. It was 18, 2018 season. We go there to the to the uh, to the stable center and they you know they showing the different eras and when they get to that they show they showing this and me and him more than anything and they got us there for it. I'm like we was really sitting there talking I said yo that's crazy that you know that like out of everything like that's the part that they grab hold out of that era and they that's the that's the images us doing the, the doing the knucklehead so that's especially wild. for me especially for me because Q played four years, but I only played two. And if anybody see me or know me or or if they remember something or they like, man, I, I know you from somewhere, they instantly call out Clipper before any other team I played for. And I didn't play for other teams longer than that. That's wild. I, I don't know. Guys, I, I don't know that there's a, another version of this, right? There are other teams that have been fun for a short period of time. I mean, I think of even like, Right, there's those Sacramento Kings teams, but they had a longer run than that. And they also, of course, went to the conference finals. Like your team for a team that, you know, did not make the playoffs, did did not um produce like multiple Hall of Famers or anything. Like Elton Brand and Lamar Odom obviously both had very successful long careers and were all stars. Um it's it's amazing. I don't I, I cannot think off the top of my head of another team that kind of captured the imagination in that way and had such um a currency just kind of um in in the culture, right? Like it, it, you guys made an impression, which is, is, is its own point of pride. I would think still all these years later. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, when you look Go at ahead. that, that's, that's one of the main reasons that we able to do what we're doing. You know what I'm saying? Like because it, it, it was, you know, like being to, to, to hear peers of ours, you know, like a Jamal Crawford on our show. And he's like, man, every, like they was the popular dudes doing what they was doing. Like everybody wanted to play the way they was playing in that Like, Like, you know what I'm saying? Like they knew that we was out there having fun. We were really good friends. We all rocked with each other. So it was, it was, it was a different type of vibe. And then to see that go and everybody love it like they did. And then for them to still like, you know what I'm saying? We could be, me and D could be going to the airport, flying somewhere to go do something. It could be like a, you know, 36, 35 year old dude to come running up like two, like random guy, like, man, like when I was in seventh, eighth grade or whatever they gonna say, like, this was like everybody, like you be sitting there looking at him like, yo, this is crazy. Like just a random, it could be any, any, like the thing about it is it could be anything. It could be an Asian guy, black guy, Indian guy, white guy, it could be anything. And they just be like, dude, you don't even understand my, 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 my high school team, this team or whatever teams, they always got a story. And it's like, it's crazy to me that it was really that big of a deal. Why do you think it ended so soon? And I, I assumed like the easiest answer is Donald Sterling, but <laughs> <laughs> the, the crazy thing about that is that nobody thought that he would be going first. I thought, yeah, we thought we, I was the untouchable out of everybody. He was a unicorn. He's not going nowhere out of anybody. Yeah. And, and that just, that kind of threw everybody off. Did we need a, a point guard? We needed a point guard because Jeff McGinnis went come back and, to get Andre Miller, like Jason Kidd and Andre Miller is the two. When I got to lead them, the two guards I wanted to play with because they passed the best of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So <laughs> then I get traded for them. It's like, ah, <laughs> like y'all trade me away. 
but a guy that I want to play with. So I don't, I don't, I don't, under, I understand the move. I understand it. But back then, a, a lot of people, you know, they won. Clippers was like a different team. You know, they were trying to get a different era. But the era, it kept on. I feel like they had a good team. I had having Q, stepping Q up to, to a bigger role, getting to a bigger role. Especially with losing me and Lamar Odom, I feel like that was a good move for them. Yeah, I, when it when it initially happened, Howard, I told him to trade me too. Really? I told him, me and me and him had the same agent, Jeff Wexler. I said, "Hey, nah, tell him to trade me too." I said, "I didn't. I was like, I was the one who wasn't even supposed to be here. I had been trying to get traded from from the jump because I didn't get to play that much. I wasn't getting a whole lot of playing time my first year. So like, if I was." No way we thought D would have got traded. Like he was the he was <laughs> like for real. Like you would have when that happened. I was like that was like okay. Now the whole business of everything has came straight to our front door. The business of the NBA, like this is here. Like that was like like I can remember that. Like I was pissed. I was pissed. Yeah. I, I didn't know how good I had real, it until I got traded. Like, wow. <laughs> I didn't know I how good explain. I had it until I got traded. I, and I should explain to people because Q, you you said it. Darius was a unicorn. You would have thought he'd be untouchable when Darius was drafted third overall by the Clippers in two thousand one. At that time, that was the highest high school prep to pro player drafted ever. Kwame was a couple of years later. Mm -hmm. Kwame Brown becomes the first uh, high schooler to go number one overall. So at the time, yeah, Darius, sure. yeah. So Darius, you're the highest uh, prep to pro guy at that time. But also, I remember. Like there were comparisons to KG and yeah. you when you were coming out. Tall, long, rangy, guard multiple positions. You know, it's kind of skinny when you came out, you know, but people figured, you know, he's gonna grow into it. But that was the 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 comp that people were throwing around a lot. And so, yeah, you would have thought that that um Darius, you would have been like the the, the foundational pay, player that the clips would 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 uh would roll with before that trade for Andre Miller. Yeah, I, I definitely did. You know, I don't know if Elgin liked me a lot, but, you know, Elgin got rid of him. <laughs> That's still my guy, though. <laughs> there are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Quentin, how good was Darius back then? Or what was the potential? And obviously, like, at, you know, it's years later, the knee injuries obviously, uh, you know, shorten your career, Darius. But, like, the the potential and the time, uh, you know, the, the the work you put in early on. Q, could you, like, tell people what you saw in a young D-Miles? Man, like, 
nobody couldn't check him. Like, you know what I'm saying? He was a, he was basically a creative player. You know what I'm saying? He And the thing that made him different, like, yeah, he wasn't like a knockdown shooter, like a, a perimeter threat like that, but he wasn't scared to shoot. And he would have – he would make at least one jumper every game, and he would shoot several of them. Like, it, he wasn't like how you see some of these kids, like, oh, they scared to shoot or back up off. Like, you back up off him, he going to shoot it. <laughs> like, it ain't no hesitation. So it was like – but the thing that made him special, at his high – at his 6'9", the, the ball handle, the, the handle was out of this world for, and nobody could, could contest it. Like if you, if you put a six, eight, six, nine, six, ten guy on him, he was around him in a heartbeat and on top of him, bop, bop, boom, quick. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If it was anybody like, so it, it was, it, he was a difficult matchup because of his height, size, length, speed. Like he was a, he was like one of the best shot blockers in the league. But he weighed a buck eighty five, soaking wet. You know what I'm saying? Like you could, you could lift him up like this, but he had the room. He had the windshield wipe. But he coming out of nowhere. It just looked like long, skinny arms just flying there. And he was sometimes he'd block a shot with two hands, like block it twice because he up there. He was so athletic, so fast, and his first, second jump, all of that different stuff. It was the combination of it was deadly, and them. And then when they started really playing him up, because they started him at the three, letting him handle the ball. So once they put him at the four. And they had them fours. Had, it was curtains. Nobody couldn't keep up with him. Like, I still see highlights right now. And no disrespect to nobody, but when he had Clarence Weatherspoon on that wing in New York and he hit that boy with the right to left, he for real moved from here to right here. Like, you all the way out my way. Then I'm going to just take one more little dribble and just dunk. And it was like, that's how he was doing a lot of them dudes when they got caught up on that wing with him. And God forbid they get caught in the transition because when he was there, it was really over. He had the Jason Kidd. Remember the Jason Kidd kid crossover, bro? Just kind of real fast. Full speed. <laughs> Full speed. Um, so the prep to pro era, you know, only lasted another, what, like five years after that. Um, and now all these years later, they're talking about eliminating the age limit, letting guys come straight from high school again like you did, Darius. There's, but there's also these other, all these new uh, – avenues right there's the g league ignite there's overtime elite uh curious for you darius just looking back um do you still feel like that was the right move at the time because everybody of course they closed the door because they thought no you know what these a lot of these kids weren't ready maybe they're too skinny maybe they were too immature there's all these you know cautionary tales do you look back on it still feeling like that was the best move for you and if if you were coming out now like do you do you like these new avenues, the G League Ignite Overtime Elite for guys who, you know, you can also like skip, you don't have to go not only skip college, you can go straight, uh, you know, guys of, of like uh, Scoot Henderson went from his junior year of high school to the Ignite. So there's these different ways to get into the league now that maybe kind of, um, you know, offset some of the concerns that people had back in the day. Just curious your your thoughts on it. Uh, yeah, I would do it again if I had a chance to, to do it. I feel like Playing-wise, I was definitely good enough to play on the level. Uh, I think I think definitely college would have gave me a little bit more experience, you know, a little bit more uh, discipline, you know, being being with a college coach and a college team instead of going straight to the NBA. But uh, I definitely felt game-wise, I definitely was ready to, to jump. Uh, the guys these days uh, – Man, it's it's so lovely for them. They can really take their time. You know, you can you can take your time. You can get paid in high school. You can get paid in college. You can get paid in the G League. So you can kind of take your time. I would I would probably if if I can't go straight out of high school straight to the league, I probably just go to college because that'll be a bigger spotlight on me for more people to see me uh, than than the G League. But I don't want to. I don't want people to take that as a diss to the G League because I love the G League. The G League just saved the NBA in these past pandemic, and the players that they're bringing up out of the G League are some straight ballers, you know, some real ballers. I, I really be paying attention to them. So I'm not saying, like, the G League is not is the wrong place to go. It's just that nowadays you can kind of take your time. You don't got to be in a rush. Some of these kids that – in bad situations or uh, their family don't have a, enough money to even support them to play basketball. Now they're in a position where they don't have to rush and they can make them a few chips to, to take their time and prepare and, and to do it the right way. 
Yeah, I hope they take the age limit away. They should be. They should have never put an age limit in they there. They should have never put. Yeah, they should have never put she, one on there though. She is like I, I feel like now it's a way better situation because, like you say, it's so many other options. Like you know, if a guy's not ready to go straight to the NBA, but some guys not built for school and college. That's just you know yeah. the facts. I hope my kids are, but some 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 kids, you know, some guys not. Not made for. They want to get to the, you know, some guys are good enough to where they should be able to go to the NBA right away. So that's why I feel like it shouldn't be an age limit. But then when you take the age limit away, I feel it's in a better situation than it was in the past because, like you say, you got overtime, you got G League, you got, you know, guys, then the facts, like D-Miles said, guys can get paid in high school and in college. So that changes a lot of people. Nobody ain't got to, you know, back in the day, you used to sometimes have to sell yourself out to even go to college because you need for your family and you know colleges might be paying this person or that person and so kids would have to do things that could endanger their eligibility and now they don't even have to worry about any of that you start making money in high school if you're good enough in college you can make money so it's no like D-Mouse said you don't have to like put everything in the hyper speed put you know put things at risk so that you could try and do things and be able to do for your family and stuff yeah, it, it's it's a much more equitable uh, environment now, right? I'm sure still far from perfect. And even if they eliminate the age limit in the next CBA, it'll still be far from perfect. But the fact that guys will have multiple options, multiple paths they can follow and get paid immediately, even right. if and if they're not NBA ready, body-wise, maturity-wise, game-wise, whatever, they can choose one of these other paths and, and develop and still get paid and and but be on their career path instead of having to you know, contort themselves and, you know, go to college if they weren't, didn't intend to be in college and have to worry about all these other aspects. Like it's, we're far closer to an equitable um, system here, you know, and, and a lot of that's not even the, what the NBA has done. It's what everybody else has done, right? Like overtime yeah. elite is outside the NBA, although David Stern was an investor, I believe, um, you know, the Australia league has, has had a played a role in this as well. Um, so it's, it's definitely seems like a healthier environment. Um, yeah. I, 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 you know, what I think about is like, you know, some of them guys that was, that was big time superstars, the big time legends and myths in high school, and they just didn't make it all the way to the NBA, like the Shea Cottons, the Lenny Cooks, and all them. Like they put in a lot of work and they got a lot of people, a lot of money by filling up a lot of stadiums and doing all that stuff. But now these kids, now they can benefit off that. Even though they might not make it to the NBA, they went through a path of where they was making some cash for their basketball, for their skills. So that's what I really love about it. Like them guys that really was the man and they were the top players, but they just didn't get all the way to the NBA. But they filled all them seats and put hundreds of thousands of people in seats to come see them play, and they didn't get a dime for them. You know what I'm saying? But nowadays, they're going to get something out of it. For sure. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month no matter what kind of entertainment you love addicted to true crime catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on a e crime central crave adventure explore asian action movies on hayah 
Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. All right, I want to fast forward back to the present week. We touched on the Grizzlies earlier. Uh, We were taping this on Wednesday, so we're not that far removed from the the Dylan Brooks play uh, against Gary Payton II. Uh, I'm curious for both of you guys as former players, uh, this obviously created quite an uproar in the moment. Steve Kerr called it a dirty play. He was pretty passionate and pretty heated about it after the game too. I don't know where the, the line is between careless versus reckless versus dangerous versus dirty, which feels like a, a fairly loaded word. So curious what both of you guys thought of the, the Dylan Brooks uh, flagrant two. Um, and where is that line between aggressive, hard playoff foul versus reckless versus dirty? Yeah, it was a, it, it wasn't a clean play. It was, it, he winded up like somebody can actually get hurt by him doing that. Do I feel like he's a dirty player and all that? Did he his intent was that? No, I don't think his intent was him for him to fall like that and, and, and fracture his elbow. His instant reaction after he hit him was jumped and straight jumped straight to him. Yeah. That tells like, oh shit, I, I meant to hit him hard, but not that hard where I I, I knocked him off his stuff. And, you know, like it depends. Like it, it's it's a thin line because some people throw elbows and it might be a light elbow. I can I can either take it serious or I don't. Some people throw a, a hard elbow, like the, the elbow on Draymond Green. I don't think he intentionally hit Draymond Green in his eye, but shit, once you get hit in your eye, I don't care if you intentionally did it or not. I'm I'm pissed yeah. about it. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? My, I would say I would say. <laughs> I was I was I don't want to say it's dirty because like I say for me to say it's dirty I have to I have to feel that that, that you intentionally you know you did this and you did it with intent to harm me. Yeah. I don't think that was his intent. Now I will say this, it was reckless and when I say this I don't mean it like you like you're dumb, but it's a stupid play. I don't mean it like you're dumb, but you know what I'm saying? First quarter. Like it's, first like, quarter. it's like, it's like it, I don't care what quarter it is. When you see somebody going that fast and jumping that hard and him coming from where he's coming from, that is an out of control, dangerous play. You don't, you because he's coming from so far behind and he's hustling so hard, your, your likelihood of doing what you're actually trying to do is way off base because you just running out like a bat out of hell this guy's running and he's loading up to really go up. So the the that impact is not good. It's out of control. It's wild as hell and it's unsafe. That's what we would call like, that's like somebody trying to, just as bad would be him trying to run out of nowhere and take the charge. That's just as stupid because you have no chance of actually, you're going you're gonna to clip him yeah. and flip him over. You know what I'm saying? So it's a, it's a, that's why I would say, like, when I was growing up, we would say, that's a stupid play. Like, why would you do that? Like, you're going to hurt somebody like that. Like, you got no real chance of really making a great defensive play. Like, it's everything that comes after what you're doing is about to be bad. Like, that's what we that's what we as players have seen over and over. And I guarantee you the guys on that bench was like, that was dumb as hell. Like, why would he do that? Like, and that's where you get angry at. That's why I say I'm not going to say – when I say dumb and stupid, I don't mean like he's a dumb and stupid player. I'm like that was a that was that wasn't a smart play. Like you couldn't have thought, like you like D. Mal said, winding up like that from that far back, you could have like okay, you hit him in the head, but he could have hit him in the whole body and just took him off. Like yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like it, you you ain't yeah. likelihood of you doing what you're trying to do is not high. And he's a and he's no he no better than that. He's he's a valuable player. That him taking that risk of doing that ejecting them from the game and they already down one game at home to that. Like if, if John Moran didn't go off on of that, they, they need you out there to play your defense and do what you bring to the table. You know what I'm saying? I just, I, I don't, I, like I said, I wouldn't say he's a dirty player or that. That's just one, like you said, that that's one, that wasn't the play. And especially to me, it's first quarter. And look like you, you're, 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 you're so valuable first quarter. I, you don't need to even get a foul in the first quarter because we need you all game. But so he's already got a layup. He's already got a layup. Nobody's down there with him. 
And this is why I say it's stupid because, like you said, like forget about the ejection and him. Like, what about GP? He done fractured him yeah. though. Like you just messed up my man's like like Steve Kerr said. This is a dude who's been trying to find his way in the league. He get on the team. He's found his niche. This is his time to really, like you say, how the time in his life. You in the playoffs. You're getting it's to play. You guarding like the other team's best player. You best player, impact player, and see, and then. This dumbass play you make, you got my whole my, my it's over with for me, maybe. Like, because you just came and did a ridiculous play. That's crazy. Yeah. No, it's it's really sad for for uh GP as well. Um for for everything that, that Steve Kerr said afterward. You know, the guy's been bouncing around the league. He's 29, I think. Exactly. Multiple teams finally found a niche, uh, was having a great season. Um, it's sad. All right, before I leave that topic, I just want to ask then if so I, I agree with you. You guys like it's it's reckless, but not dirty. Dirty seems to imply something else. Dirty seems to imply intent. So where is the line? What like what what crosses over into dirty, or what qualifies as dirty? To me, dirty would have been if he made that play, and then he like, you know, like the opposite of what he did. He went to try and help him up, or whatever. Like if he would have did that and like showed no remorse and like walked off snarling at him or something like that. To me, then it's dirty. Like if he's like looking at him while he's down and he don't care, he, yeah, that mean I meant to like I wanted to yeah. get you good and whatever happened after that I didn't care. But the fact, like yeah. he said, it was simultaneous as he did it, he was like, oh, I, he he knew that he did something bad. And he tried like that's why I didn't. I don't. I don't say he was dirty. It was a, it was a dirty messed up play, but I don't say he. I don't think that was his intent. I don't think he's a dirty player. I think it just it just happened that way because he was doing something that was reckless. Yeah. Um, and I'm sure he regretted it immediately, but it's, you know, you, you got to know. Yeah, right. Like you got to know in the moment, you got to have that control. You got to know what you're doing. And I know everything's moving a thousand miles an hour, but. As a player though, we've been in those situations and you've seen as a, as a, as a, as a writer and a, and a, you know, a beat writer, you've seen guys maybe, Oh, okay, just take the don't even take the swipe on this and just let him go because it's, he's out of reach. No coach is gonna yell at you for that or nothing because everybody is coherently knowing you can't do anything but something crazy here. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Well, like, like they, they was trying to it. say, they was trying to say Draymond's a dirty player. Draymond made sure that boy didn't hit his face on the ground. He could have let him go. So, like he, he could have just let him go and and yanked his arm away from him and just let him hit his face. He made sure he didn't hit his face on the ground. Yeah, it was a hard foul, but. My thing yeah, is, I make sure you ain't finna hit your face on the ground and mess your. If he really pulled him, if he really pulled him, it would his whole everything would have just crashed. Yeah, his legs would have went up, and his face would have went up. I think that broke the fall and made it a little less like where he didn't get hurt. He could have hurt like that could have been a neck injury or anything, and he really pulled him down face first like that. I thought Draymond should have been a flagrant one, not a two. What did you guys think? One. I definitely not. thought it should have been a one. I definitely should thought he shouldn't have got ejected for it. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I feel like the NBA, like they're there's these last few years, they're really trying to like legislate out all this stuff, but they don't know where the line is themselves, and it feels like it moves around a lot. I would like I was I don't want to say I was surprised given where things have been in the league the last couple of years. I, I wouldn't necessarily shocked, but I did think it was it was overzealous by the officials and I thought that would be downgraded the next day to a one and they didn't. So yeah, I thought it was going to be downgraded. I was surprised that it did. Yeah. Nobody, that's the problem now, right? Like you, none of us know anymore. You know, like, what's, what's a one, what's a two, what's a common foul? Like it's, yeah, you, like, know, I, you know, as, as much as I criticize the refs, like, man, they have one of the toughest jobs in the do. world. They do. You know, and I, and I, and I try to, you know, sometimes just bag up off them. Like, man, it's, it's hard to decipher and see everything on this court. Yeah, the cameras can see it all, but these three guys on the court can't see it all. So we got to kind of accept that of what it is. It's, you know, different game. I, I hate that they try to take the emotion out because I love the emotion, the fire, just as long as they keep their emotions in check. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's that's something that they're still, uh, uh, the NBA, I feel like, is still struggling with too, is where the line on, on, uh, on all that. You know, the best... Uh, Lesson I ever got about officiating, Darius, you just kind of alluded to this in, in a way. I was at, uh, they used to do this uh, media day when referees had their uh, referee training camp. And Ronnie Nunn, when he was the head of the officials, used to put on the the program. 
And he was referring to how at home and on the broadcast, they'll be talking about like, oh, well, this was obviously goaltending because here you can see it's still over the cylinder or whatever. And Ronnie Nunn said, well, that's great. But I don't have a referee sitting on top of the backboard looking down at the cylinder. Exactly. <laughs> you got a camera there. <laughs> right. That, so the, exactly. like that, like that, and just like, that's not for all situations, but that example alone, I think, taught me way back when, like, oh, yeah, before we jump to conclusions about what they saw, didn't see, what they missed, didn't miss, we're watching at home in high def on 65-inch yep. screens. There's three refs. They do not have the angles that we do most of the time. And no, they're not perched on top of the backboard. I was a master of the sky. It was a lot of holding and grabbing. <laughs> they had to get on a couple of them steals that they just didn't see. And then when the guy back there complaining, like he grabbed me. I'm already down court talking that thing. So, you know, it's a gift and a curse. <laughs> Uh, a few more before I get you guys out of here. I know uh, Q's got some stuff to get to also. Um, 100 episodes, we said, of the Knuckleheads pod. And your guest list has been like just phenomenal. Steph has been on there. KD, Shaq, Dr. J, Oscar Robertson, George Gervin, Jason Tatum, T-Mac, um, on and on. Derek Jeter, Sue Bird. I like So um, there's a lot of players and former players now in this space. And I, I get the distinct feeling that players prefer to talk to other players or former players than talking to like ink stained wretches like me. Um, <laughs> there's a different vibe. And I feel like, like you guys, you, the conversations you get into, do you notice that like that there is a, 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 maybe an instant comfort level, not just the, the, some of these guys are saying yes to you who I probably <laughs> would have a harder time getting, but that the, the conversation is, is just different because you're you're talking as peers. Yeah, I definitely think that's that that's it. We're talking as brothers, part of a brotherhood, a sisterhood too, because we do the WNBA players and uh, just in sports in general. I, like I'm a player first person. Like I'm always on the player side until otherwise. So to 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 have a responsibility has this changed into a responsibility for me. Like it's an amazing thing for me to just be representing these these former players, these current players in the, in the right way. Did you guys have any sense before you got into this? Like this has been around, you guys have been doing this for three years now. Did either of you see yourself? I mean, podcasting didn't exist obviously during your careers, but even as broadcasters and not just as broadcasters, you're not just like doing the, okay, former player does commentary in the studio or something. You are hosting, you are being the journalist. You're doing the interviews. Did either of you ever see yourselves doing this? Darius is shaking his head. No. <laughs> nah, I mean, like the way it all came about, like he said, when I did the the whatever the the executive co-writer or whatever for his thing, I had done my story before that. But then when I sat alongside and we were doing his thing, and I was a guest editor, or whatever, they just saw the chemistry and they saw like a true friendship. Like we've been knowing each other over twenty some years, however long it's been, and it's like you know jokes back and forth, and and they saw the chemistry and they was just like you know trying to figure out this and that, and I think it kind of like, it just, it kind of shook out, you know, us talking to Chris Bernard kind of just shook out to like, all right, let, let, let's try this. Let's try this as like, as the podcast. Like the only thing I had ever done with podcasting before that was like a little small thing in the finals with Jared Jeffries and Al Harrington, but that was with the Players Tribune too. And I didn't even remember what it was. I thought, I didn't even know it was a podcast at the time, to be honest. Like, <laughs> I didn't know what a podcast was. But I thought we just did like a little recording, you know what I'm saying? He sent me to a little studio out here. I did it, whatever. It was cool. And I didn't know it was a podcast. I still, like, we didn't know the icon on the phone. We didn't know none of that. Like, the first time, like, when we first started doing it, we just, you know, we sat down and talked about it. Like, all right, if we're going to do anything in this space and do it, like, we're not going to be the guys to get up there as the, as the ex-players and talk about guys. We're going to get up here and we're going we gonna to celebrate each other. You know what I'm saying? Like, we got this enough. It's a million different Twitter feeds and sites and everything that's dedicated to highlighting all of the bad stuff about all of us. And they do an excellent job at throwing it on out there. So it's like, when, when you come on our show, we want you to feel the love. We don't, you know, obviously we not ignorant to the fact that none of us are perfect, but like, we gonna say that for them to talk about. We gonna talk about everything that we love about you, your game, how you, how cold you was, whatever you did that we admire. We gonna talk about all those things. And that's just the way we wanna do it. 
I know you guys uh, told the Athletic earlier this week that your your dream guest is Michael Jordan. That's an easy one, obviously, to uh, to be top of the list. Um, what would you guys? What's the first question or the biggest question you would want to ask MJ? The same one we ask everybody. Tell them, Black. Uh, who the first person to bust his ass? Yeah, that's what we want to hear. Who got? Who gave MJ yeah. business first? Who, who the first person gave you that word? <laughs> that's a good question. I don't even. I, I'm sure that's. He must have talked about that somewhere, right? Somewhere back in the day. I don't, I don't know what the answer is. I don't know. I don't know, that. I don't know if MJ right let that cat out of bed. I'm an MJ aficionado. I ain't never heard that story yet. To who tuned MJ up first? And that's that. My boy, that's his first question every time. And I can't. If we get him, that's the most anticipated one ever. I would love yeah. to hear that. I, whoever that person is, though, I like. I do not envy them because I'm sure MJ has found various ways. To <laughs> torture, taunt, uh, just uh, you know, that's the, whatever that's the he's done since that's then. Follow up question, that's, right? That's there. the follow up okay, so question that we don't give you, everybody. What happened to him for the rest of his career against you? <laughs> Every time you've seen him, <laughs> what did you do to him? I'm, I'm just gonna guess whoever it is. It did not end well for that person. Yeah, yeah. Definitely didn't. Because <laughs> he's determined. <laughs> All right, well, uh, MJ on the Knuckleheads podcast, I will look forward to that one. I'm sure you guys will get – you're all brand Jordan, right? So he, he's got to do you that solid, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah definitely <laughs> Jordan representative. <laughs> look forward to that one. Look forward to uh, all the rest. Look forward to your next 100 episodes on the Knuckleheads, which folks can, of course, find in all the usual places where you find podcasts. Uh, Quentin Richardson, Darius Miles, this has been a blast, man. Thanks for coming on, guys. Yes, sir. Thank you. Check out that hunting episode. BC. Have man, have made. Yes, yes. And today is May the 4th. May the 4th be with you, truly. Okay, that's it for today's show. My thanks again to Quentin Richardson and Darius Miles. Thanks to Sydney Northcutt and Paige Graham for connecting us. Thank you to our producer, Shelby Royston, and thank you all for listening. Remember, you can hear Chris Maddox and me every Tuesday on The Crossover with all the latest NBA chatter. And then on Fridays, it's me and a guest. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to The Crossover wherever you get your podcasts. And hit me with all your feedback on Twitter, at Howard Beck. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.